Hey, good morning. So, we had another storm last night. It's been about two weeks since the last one. Uh, and the last one was... Well, basically what I remember of it, I got woken up. by just uh, the constant flash of the lightning just lighting up the whole room and you kind of sit around waiting for the you wait for the thunder to see how far away it is and it never came it was just constant flashing and something like that happened last night I can't really remember though I got woke up and I heard lightning, but I think I, I think I must have hit my head or something. Because the front right side of my head feels like it's bruised. And I, I didn't bump it whilst I was awake yesterday. So I can only think it's when I woke up hearing the lightning. I don't know, maybe I tried to look out the window and hit my head on the window frame or something. So I don't really remember it all that well. But anyway, yesterday there was a massive uh, spike in energy emitted from the sun. Geomagnetic storms, the speed of the solar wind, which is literally just energy. Speed of the energy from the sun reached just under 700 kilometers per second. So it's like I was saying about before. Um, you need speed and quantity of energy in order to flip the flip the poles. Because the energy in itself is stable, it's 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 on a band of RF to gamma at least that's what we know but that's the energy scale like it's the way in which you observe or use each frequency is dependent on your conditions and how you observe it but anyway so we had the storm last night and then there was there's a huge earthquake in the central mid-atlantic ridge which is between southwest africa and brazil it's just shown as like a big crack on the map in between the two and it was well from like a 6.3 to a 6.9 And then there was another one in China, uh, Sichuan, which I think is like Western China, but it's not. It, do, it didn't didn't look like a populated area. So I think there might have been might be another five or six. They they were the two that. 
We're two that remember. Thanks. So, um, yeah, I had all that yesterday. And then today the sky is a little bit weird, right? It's like, um, it's like blue and white, thin layer of clouds, very thin. And those wispy, wispy clouds. A lot of, uh, lot of wispy clouds actually. And like I said before, I don't think that is entirely due to planes purposely dropping trails. I think there are planes that do that, but I think they're trying to make it seem like it's all man-made. But I don't think it is. So I'm looking, I'm just looking around now and like it's the entire sky. So it looks like it's more geomagnetic influence. And there was a, there was a weird video I saw this morning. I searched for solar storm. So I just wanted to find out more information about... Well... I just wanted to hear someone's commentary on it. Because there isn't really much more... that anyone can know than what is published on... the likes of the SWPC, which is the Space Weather Prediction Centre. Seems like everyone uses the same... the same data. Because I'm guessing there's not that many instruments with the right kind of sensors. So, so anyway, I found this one. The guys is basically reiterating like about the storms. There's a few storms coming through the UK and Europe, and the solar storm. But then there was another video. Uh, they were talking about... It was more like preempting something because it's such a specific... Such a specific title. Whether the sun is going to cause more heart attacks or more heart problems. And it's like, who comes up with stuff like that? so specific like somebody would have had to have a reason but it's not really it's not really known what it was I don't know, I find that weird. But then I find any story like that 
a little bit weird. Why would you single out the sun? Why wouldn't a person's diet have more impact? I mean, eventually, the cycles of the sun may tip the scales against them. Like when it goes from summer to winter. Meaning the heart would have to work harder to keep the body warm. So that would be an example. So anyway, I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking about... Where does energy come from? How is... How is electricity generated? How is it stored and how is it used? So alternating current, as the name suggests, the current can fluctuate because the electrons can move either forward or backwards. And that is... That's induced by magnetism. So a rotating magnet flips the, changes the uh, direction that the electrons will flow by rotating magnets around the current. So that's good for sending power over long distances. Um, but you can't store it. So direct current is the electrons move in only one direction. So there's no can't fluctuate. So you might get power loss over distance. But if you had a combination of systems you'd use DC for storage generation and storage and then you'd use AC for delivery I don't know I don't know if that's what modern systems are like I'm assuming they they would be considering you can't store AC you can only send it So like your car uses DC because you've got a battery which stores stores the current, stores the charge. And then you can get you can get inverters that plug into your 12 volt socket in your car. It steps it up to 120 volts. just by using magnets so I think with all this energy crisis stuff going on I think they are trying to force um, innovation because innovation normally comes in times of crisis right so people are paying like 
oh no, businesses are paying like £10,000 in electricity. Where they used to pay maybe like a third of that or something. So there's kind of an incentive to figure out a new way of generating and storing and delivering energy. And the easiest thing to be the easiest thing to do would be to create a a consumer appliance because then you don't have to worry about the infrastructure of delivering the power but if someone creates a, a consumer unit something like a generator means they never have to pay for power again but they would um, just pay for the maintenance of the unit. But that would put a lot of businesses on the knees. But they're all power companies. They're all selling something that is... They're selling something that doesn't exist. It's not a product. It's not a service. It's the things that exist around you. It's just placed under certain conditions. And all they, all they do is they deliver it. That's it. Nah, someone's probably going to say, well, nah, this is... I work for a power company and this is what actually happens. Yeah, but anyone can capture energy, right? Because there's got to be a constant, a constant source of energy from somewhere. And that kind of moves on to the next point, right? So, if you just look around, Just like, just like visible light, in which everything reflects or absorbs, or does both, reflects and unabsorbs, because everything that you see is a constituent of visible light, just on a different part of the scale, different conditions. So. Where's the visible light coming from that's allowing you to see what you're seeing? It's not being emitted by the object or the person. A light can emit visible light, but it's not quite the same. So where's it coming from? How is it possible that you can see at night? Let's assume there's clouds or the moon, it's a full moon, it's a new moon, so there's no moonlight. Is it still the sun that's that's the constant source? I think that's what most people assume. 
but how do you how does that work in nighttime? What's allowing you to see visible light? Or is it the is it a case that there's so much there's so much energy that the objects are emitting they're absorbing the RF or whatever frequency and they're emitting their own visible light is that what's happening because just like just like visible light everything emits, reflects or absorbs radiation which is basically the name for for that energy scale for the EM spectrum radio waves to gamma, gamma rays it's radiation right because that's how the energy is emitted it radiates out something that is radioactive is actively emitting radio frequency radiation it's radiating out So something is providing a constant stream of energy because it's not like you see it's not like visible light disappears for a certain number of hours during the day it's always there it's always on It doesn't seem to be affected by speed or quantity. I guess if you wanted to look at visible light in terms of quantity, it would be in terms of magnitude or luminosity. If there was more visible light, something would appear brighter. If there was less visible light, it would appear dimmer. So I just answered my question then. That in darkness there is just a lesser quantity of energy. Which would mean the amount of visible light would be decreased. So is it about, it's just to do with the quantity?
so okay if that's the case right Which you could say is valid, right? Because if you have an eclipse, if you have a solar eclipse where the, the moon is covering the sun, it's blocking our It's blocking out all energy, not just visible light, because visible light is just the frequencies. It can it's visible under certain conditions, but the whole spectrum has to be there as well, right? It's the the quantity and the speed that determines the how much energy is amassed it's like if you think about if you turn down the voltage going to a light bulb the light bulb will get dimmer and dimmer the less the less energy you give it so even though it's getting the same it's getting the same frequency it's uh it's not getting the same quantity. So that'd be true in the solar cycles as well. You'd be getting less quantity of energy during a solar minimum, for example. Whereas you'd be getting a higher quantity of energy during the solar maximum, which is when the sun is most active, which is when the sun is producing more energy, supposedly. So the solar wind is just a measure of the speed. Speed and quantity of energy from the sun. Even though it's like a coronal mass injection, sorry, coronal mass ejection, or an X-flare or whatever, whatever name they give it, it's the same. It's a release of energy. And the solar wind measures the speed and the quantity. Because if it's going faster, it's gonna have more mass behind it. It's gonna be a higher quantity which is why which is why they they warn companies they warn power companies because when you have a high amount of energy coming in quickly it can cause issues with your your power equipment can cause surges on your power line, on your high voltage power lines. 
it can cause radio blackouts so it's um it's not it's not really oh there's a solar storm it's uh, what's the quantity and speed of it because that's what will determine the possible effect so it's like I was speaking about before in order to reverse the flow of energy round and through the earth you'd need to have a very high rate of flow in order to induce a reversal or you would need to have a decrease followed by a rapid increase in quantity So that would that would be probably the only way that that could happen a reversal a pole shift or a pole reversal was if there was a significantly higher quantity of energy being directed in the opposite in the opposite direction so Say if it's all hitting, say if it's all hitting one part, or it's all hitting in a specific location and then flowing up. What if it started to do the opposite? But that's. Uh, might not might not be possible at all like I said it can be could be something that could happen but it could also be something that couldn't happen just because of the the dynamics of it how would you what would you even notice if that happened There's only one one thing that I could think of and that was uh, magnetism the animals that use magnetism in order to navigate but that could just be a byproduct of a necessary change because why would you why would the animals still need to migrate north when the conditions have changed and so the magnetic field would still be guiding them to the best place, to the to the best conditions. 
because that's now where the flow of energy has changed. Or it may not be like that at all. Could be the opposite. It could be leading them to conditions that are detrimental, that could cause death. But also it could not. It could be the conditions that they've always needed. It's just, uh, just now a different place that they're going to, but they, what, what would they notice? They're still following their inner guidance, right? They're in a navigation system. So... So I guess I've answered my question. I just wanted to kind of speculate a bit. Because there, there has to be a constant source of energy for everything to exist. And it's like if if plants, if plant life died, that would be noticeable. Because they, they depend upon light for photosynthesis in order for them to grow and then they create they create oxygen, they use up some of the waste gases like carbon dioxide so if they suddenly stop doing what they're what they're designed to do then it would start to impact everyone else everything and everyone else because during during the winter plant life die, tends to die off because of the the low light conditions they uh, don't get or produce as much energy so they tend to die off and then grow back in spring or they just die off, they just got a shorter lifespan oh it's weird, it's, so, it's warm the sun, the sun is like, it's, it's like an arctic sun. It looks like the kind of sun that I would see in Iceland. It's behind the clouds, it's like very muted. Yet it feels humid. So weird. Okay, so... Back to what I was talking to. So it'd be very noticeable if that source of energy stopped. You would notice it. 
but it's almost like it's almost like an alternating current system right where it kind of pulses that's that's the same with the sun every 11 years it pulses differently sorry the 11 years is a solar cycle and within that you've got a solar minimum and a solar maximum and then it repeats but every every time it comes around there'll be news reports about either so around the solar minimum it'll be about cooling global cooling so if you remember I think it was back in the 80s or 90s and then around the solar maximums it's all about global warming so that's been the theme for the last 20 years maybe maybe a bit longer um, but I think th there's obviously people that are aware of the greater cycle so you got a solar cycle which is kind of like your it's kind of like in terms of a, a year you'd call it a month so then you've got a year which is of 12 months so I think that there is a a great solar year of however many months or cycles NASA seem to just be counting I think it was 50 solar cycle 52 or something I don't know but they they don't seem to count it under like a greater cycle but I mean it's obvious how can they go from cooling to warming when that happens during the, the minimums and the maximums anyway but then the the general theme is in the greater cycle isn't it so that's also going to be going through a period of cooling and warming but it's just patterns right I mean it shouldn't really matter people should just be able to adapt and given that we may only we may only exist for a certain number of solar cycles it's not it's not really the focus of what we're here for I don't think it's good to be aware of it but it's not your unless it's your purpose and your goal to understand all of that it's nothing to fear it's nothing to obsess, obsess over it's just something to be aware of that that is part of the patterns and the cycles of everything and then you can realise that the people pushing stories about it are just trying to do it to push you to an extreme to make you fearful or make you obsessive over it
so if the sun is the solar cycle runs on a scale of minimum energy to maximum energy there's no off or on there's no zero energy and there's no like 100% energy so it's not like a scale of 0% energy 100% energy the energy output is I guess for me it's unknown it's not something I've looked at it could be it could be a constant it could be the minimum is a constant value the maximum is a constant value that it could be something as simple as that but um It's uh, it's just something that happens, right? It's like it's like at the peak of your life, you may feel like you've produced the. Or you've done, you know, you've produced the best that you could ever produce kind of thing. You've done your best work. They were your golden years. And then you kind of, you may have stooped into your not-so-golden years either before or after that. And then people might kind of just kind of flatline after that. They may not do really much because they've had the the peak and I think people think they only get one peak but it's the sun doesn't only have one peak every 11 years so if you followed that if you followed that um, that pattern and let's say that the sun was significant in your astrological chart so it was in your your first house so that's kind of like how that's all about you and how people see you so every time the sun peaks that might be when people see the best in you because the sun is giving out its maximum amount of energy and so that should also reflect on you, right? It'd be interesting to look into events that happened around solar maximums. I know about events that happened around solar minimums. Disease is a very common one. 2019, 2020 is uh, solar minimum and I, I, I keep seeing people talking about that we're going into solar minimum or that we're going people are saying that we're going into solar minimum and we're going into solar maximum different people they're saying that the conditions and the states are both coexisting at, at the same time but if you I mean just step outside 
during summer I could tell it was not as hot the last two years it's not been as hot 2018 was the last hot year like that was very hot and uh, that would have been the year before the solar minimum so that would have been peak and then it would have then it would have uh, it would have kind of entered into that trough which is you know in my experience that's what that's what I felt that it did kind of go downhill after that even though it's kind of like all this uh, all this nonsense being talked about about all this heating and stuff just just doesn't make any sense but then I guess it's different people experience different things aren't they based on the conditions so like one of those conditions could be who or what or where they get their information from so if all they're doing is following videos and content creators they may not be interpreting interpreting any of the data correctly I mean, NASA have a thing on the website showing you sunspot counts. And typically a lowest sunspot count is considered the solar minimum. And they've got a, they've got a, uh, they've got a graph on there. And it shows that 2019 was solar minimum. But it's only been it's only been three years you need like at least another two and a half to three years before you reach maximum again which is which is I just answered the question again this is why all this stuff in the news is kicking off about heating up because they're preempting as they always do they're preempting the solar maximum I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why certain people in certain groups of people can't uh, just let things lie as in let them be why they need to deceive people but then I guess there's people that are going to deceive and there's people that are not going to deceive and there's people that are going to be deceived and there's people that are not going to be deceived so it all has to be balanced out. Which is why it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. It does make sense, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make sense that um anyway. 
it does make sense and it doesn't make sense I think unless you were a person that was into deceiving people or you had a reason to cover up or explain natural patterns and cycles as something else I guess it would make sense so so yeah I guess that that is that but I've spoken about the sun as being a constant source of energy what about the moon what is its what is its purpose is it to reflect the state of the sun is it to show you like a full moon is the sun the sun is at optimum or full capacity you know you know, you know what I mean because the moon is supposedly a reflector it just reflects sunlight or right, it reflects energy and that's seen as visible light But, um, yeah, it's weird. If you observe the moon at night and observe the moon during the day, it looks like a different, different object. But it's supposed to be the same, the same type of light. Like nothing changes, right? Only the quantity of the light. But even then, saying it is reflection of energy from the sun. If the moon is in the sky with the sun and they're quite close, how does that work? Wouldn't the sun be lighting up the other side of the moon? Anyway, of course it would. It'd be lighting up the back end of the, of the moon because the moon is closer to the Earth, right? And the sun is further away, but you can see that they're close in the sky. That would be what? That would, that would be what they'd call a solar eclipse, wouldn't it? But they don't have to be directly aligned for that to happen. But are they directly aligned? I think they are directly aligned because you can observe it. It looks like it. But is it the moon? Maybe they're not directly aligned. Maybe it is the moon. Maybe it's not the moon. If it isn't the moon, what is it? That kind of leads to something else that I was thinking about a few days ago. Uh, the symbol for Gemini, the twins, and Pisces, is it two fish? And what's the other one? 
Aquarius. I think there's some there's some signs in the zodiac, whether it's the the depiction, the archetype, or the like the uh, shorthand symbol. You know, like Aquarius is like two waves or something, or two two squiggly lines. They are like Pisces and Gemini. The Symmetrical, right? But people say it's it's the twins. It's two twins. But what if it what if it's supposed to represent the the dualistic nature or the inverse? The mirror. The the balance because the, the twins in Gemini are they always represented as two two males or male and female so I would say male and female would be more accurate because that's that's what Gemini should represent the balance the the extremities but it's not really just about gender that's just uh That's just like a depiction. Just how someone's drawn it. Because what was the... Oh, that was it. Adam and Eve. Did the twins represent Adam and Eve? The duality, the two extremes were Adam, uh, sorry, Eve gives in to desire, Adam doesn't give in to desire, but then Eve convinces Adam to join her and give in in to desire. And then because of that, it's almost like they see the reflection. And now they're thrust into... Now they have to manage the balance themselves, so to speak. Like, to, to balance the desires with... What they're supposed to be doing. That's kind of... It's kind of what I was thinking about the other day. But then there was... Shit, what was it?
Ah, oh, that was it. So the high, the atom bomb, Adam, the atom bomb, <laughs> splitting of the atom, where Adam is referring to Adam and Eve. Splitting of the atom would be Adam and Eve. What was the story they took? What was it? They took the rib. They took, I think they took Adam's rib in order to create Eve. I think that's how the biblical story goes. That splitting of the atom, or splitting of the atom. Same thing, just a different scale. Adam and Eve were split because they were unbalanced. They were split and then they were forced into um, managing balance because they'd given in to desire. So now they had to deal with that. And it was almost like because they could now see themselves, it was like their ego was born. So they had to put clothes on. So, yeah, that was another thing that came up. Splitting of the atom. So, yeah, I think that is about it. Just um, some random thoughts from the last few days. Alright, so catch you in a bit.